Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O. Hey guys, a very important episode today. Noelle and I are going to talk about the biggest mistakes we make as coaches. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. And this is a big one because we're all humans. Yeah. And I think that the longer you coach, um, the more you can make mistakes without really even um, noticing, you know, because a lot of times mistakes don't have to be obvious. They could be very subtle. That's a really interesting way to think about it. I didn't think about it from the longevity perspective of being a coach because you feel like you have it on lock, right? Yes. And then also, you know, if you've been coaching for say 10 plus years, you just, you you start to get kind of confident. You start to, you know, um, believe that you got shit down and you think that you're mistake proof and that's not true. (laughs) Oh, I love this. I am super duper not mistake proof. So let's get into it. So the biggest mistake to avoid with a client is imposing your own lens. Yes, yes. And, you know, we, we as humans um, naturally do this. So this is uh, something that we really have to be mindful of and, and make an, an intentional habit. I love the intentional habit piece of this. And I think it's especially important for coaches and truly, you know, all helpers to do this work and to have space to explore this. Because if we're coaching, if we're thinking about becoming a coach, if we're working in a helping profession, we probably have massive empathy chips and people in our life naturally come to us for advice. Yes. And just because you're empathetic doesn't mean you're also, um, Judgmental, <laughs> maybe Correct. not a lot, but you know, judgment as humans, we're, we all have judgment. We all have judgment, and so what we're talking about here isn't you know taking away or denying or negating the fact that we have a lens through which we see the world. It's undoing the impulse that we have to believe that our lens is the best lens. Yes, and as a coach, here's the other piece. Uh, because you wear the hat of a coach, you feel like you have a responsibility to guide. And of course you do, but that bleeds over into you thinking that if you can help your client, um, then it makes you a better coach. And so you try everything you can to help your client. And sometimes uh, that's when you know, you, you're irresponsible or boundaries are blurred or you put your judgments on your client. And you know it could all be coming from a good intention. But uh, sometimes we tie our value as a client or as a coach to the client's um, performance. And so that's why we can we can put judgment without realizing we are. Very much so. So let's take a second to just peel back here and revisit what the work of coaching is. The work of coaching is to partner with your client in a co-creative space. You cannot do this alone as a coach and you cannot do this alone as a client to create pathways towards the client's learning, discovery, action steps so that they can make their own choices and act in their own self-interest. Yeah. So let's talk about the undoing process. When we first become aware of the fact 
that we have our own lens to the world. I think that the word here we have to lean into, and it's it's a word that people don't like to examine for themselves, is ego. With any coaching, there's going to be ego. There is going to be ego. So talk, tell me about this, John. How have you experienced ego? How have you seen it manifest in others? What is true for you? Uh, for me, I notice uh, ego growing um, when I feel like I know what's best for the client. I notice ego growing um, over time when I've done it for a long time. And I think I know, uh, you know how a session should go and what's best for the client. Um, I notice ego also, you know, as a, as a, someone who's, um, producing content and is a quote unquote influencer, I, I notice ego when they tell me that, you know, they've been following me for a long time or, um, that, you know, they, they read my stuff for some reason. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. So something similar happens for me. I start to experience ego in coaching when my client hits on a topic that I actually have expertise in, that I have a diverse background in. And and what it feels like for me is this little bubbling. You know, when you're sitting in class and you know the answer and you just want to raise your hand and it's like, me, me, me. I know, I know the answer. And, And that's what this feeling is for me. So, and as you guys, as you're listening, this isn't bad. It's part of being human, but the work of coaching is to get in front of these ego-driven feelings and begin to recognize them as they enter the coaching space. So you can say, oh, hey, ego, just sit in the corner quietly till we're done the session. Right. And it's really interesting because it's a double-edged sword. Um, so for me, you know, relationships and dating and all the things that I've written about, um, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm okay at. And so, of course, in that space, ego grows. Uh, it's really interesting to balance what is ego and and what is actually like, you're actually really good at it, you know? Yeah. So there's a huge difference between feelings and facts. And when you're in the coaching space and you're giving empirically based knowledge, when you're sharing science, when you're sharing techniques, when you're sharing things that are factual and true that you can present to your client for their own self-evaluation, that's when it's okay to share. And that's when it's okay to, you know, lean on your expertise. But where this stuff gets in the way is when there's an impulse and you make it about you. And I remember when we were training coaches one time, you gave a really good technique for this, that if you have an impulse to share a personal tidbit about you and make it about you and your story in session with a client, ask yourself, is this going to enhance the session? Yeah. And a lot of times it actually doesn't. It's just going to enhance uh, one's own ego. <laughs> That's true. And, and, and a lot of times we don't realize it until we've all, you know, until the session's over or we're, when we're reviewing, um, at least in my case, uh, a lot of the, the, the mistakes that I've made, um, I didn't know that I was mis- making the mistake at the time or didn't attend to. But whenever I kind of replayed the session back, then I'm like, oh, I wonder if, you know, the client took it the wrong way, or I wonder if my ego got in the way here or over here. Yeah. And and the point of this is that we want to avoid projection because somebody might have a similar experience to us or somebody might have the same activating event, but they will have a completely different experience in the world because they're a completely different human. So we want to avoid projecting or predicting what our clients will experience based on our own lives. So what also makes it difficult uh, is with coaching because there's more room for 
um, possible uh, suggestions or, you know, um, advice or, you know, sharing your story more so than say a, a, a therapist or in the clinical world, uh, there is more chance to um, be irresponsible. There is more chance for projections, right? Yeah. So let me model a couple of different ways to do this. And we talk about this a lot as a touchstone. And I think it's a good one because it relates to so many people. Divorce. Mm -hmm. So if your client comes to you, you're divorced, I'm divorced, and they say, you know, I think I want a divorce. If I were acting incorrectly and making it about me and and not fighting my impulse to share my own story, I might say something to the effect of, oh my God, let me tell you about my divorce. Right, um, right. But if I was using my story and my impulse to really pull from empathy and enhance the session, I might say something like, whoa, those are some pretty big words. Tell me how you're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you're, you're making it um, about them and you're bringing it into the moment um, and you're not putting uh, your story or, you know, or, or your thoughts or your opinions about divorce and your experience on the client. Exactly. Exactly. And, and another way to do this in a really productive way that might enhance the session is if your client's really upset and they're having a hard time and they're really struggling with this context that they find themselves in, you might say something like, hey, you know, I'm divorced too, and I'm living proof that there's life on the other side. Right. Right. Now, what do you do if a client um, wants to know a little bit more? Oh, you're divorced. Um, tell me how you got through it. Give me your story. What do you do as a coach? Yeah. So for me as a coach, I would say, hey, you know, I really appreciate that you want to hear. And another time we can certainly talk about my story, but this session is about you and how you're going to get through it. So my story actually won't help you. Let's take a look at your life. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's uh, bringing, you know, uh, hitting the ball back, uh, get, making it about the client again. And being really honest in the moment too, that, I, and again, as you know, as painful as it might be for you, if you're really dying to get your story out, your story will not help your client. The only way out for your client is through. Yeah, I agree. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you and your client have, you guys haven't seen each other for a long time, um, I do think the way that you are for your story is important. So, you know, you're not saying that this is uh, going to work for you because it worked for me. You're not saying that, uh, you know, this is how you should do something. Um, but I do think that being transparent uh, a little bit and showing uh, who you are and, and telling your story, sharing it, as long as it's going to benefit the client, um, can produce trust, can produce glue. It humanizes you. So that's a good thing. I love that. I love the humanization. And yeah. speaking of being human, I have another uh, topic that can get in the way and cloud your lens as you're working with clients. And it's a it's a sticky one. How about jealousy? Oh, interesting. So mm -hmm. how what do you mean by jealousy? How would that play out in the in the room with the session in session? Yeah. So as coaches, we're human. We are so human. And there are things in life that we want for ourselves. And if our client comes to the space and is all bouncy and happy and says, Hey, listen to this awesome thing that just happened to me or I got or achieved or whatever. And that feeling hits of like, ugh, I oh, want right. that. Then right. you have an experience of jealousy towards your client. Yeah. Um, for me, living in LA and also in the last um, 
I think in the last two years, uh, you know, I started get started getting clients that are a little bit more um, higher end. I found myself driving, you know, up in the Hollywood Hills into some pretty amazing houses, and then even a couple clients who are, you know, uh, famous. And uh, it's very hard not to be jealous, and it's very hard not to judge what they're talking about when when it looks like on the outside they have so much, right? Yeah, and and what I've learned is that. You know, it's important when feelings like this come up not to avoid them or stuff them and deny them because you are on your own human journey, right? So when a feeling like jealousy hits, it's important to greet it and realize, hey, it's here. This is real for me. I'm experiencing it. And just as you said, you know, your clients are also real people. So we will all in the context of our coaching relationships experience highs and lows together. Yeah. And, you know, here's another example. What if your client has gone through um, what you've gone through, say, for example, a divorce, but your client, uh, quote unquote, um, gets on her feet or gets over it or moves on, you know, in, in half the time that you did, <laughs> maybe you're, maybe you're jealous of, of their progress. Yeah. And everybody's different. You know, we, we never know, um, how we're going to experience things. We never know, um, how things are going to come up for us. And so, you know, when we're talking about this stuff, mindfulness training is very, very helpful for coaches because it gives you the tools that you need in order to be able to greet strong emotions allow them to exist and then do your job by holding a non-judgmental space for others. Yeah, absolutely. And so with mindfulness, um, do you actually, before going into a session, remind yourself to be mindful or does it come naturally for you because you've been doing it for so long? Well, I have to say that my journey with mindfulness has mostly come from my job running our company where I've needed to learn to practice a stance of non-reaction and non-judgment in order to make good decisions. And I I think that 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 skill of practicing a space of non-judgment or non-reaction in order to make good decisions translates into coaching where you need to be able to ask good questions. So, yeah, and I've been I've been observing you and experiencing you um, from you know the birth of our company and all the way to to the, the evolution of it and how it's growing where we are now, and uh, I've been noticing that I've been noticing your practice and also reminding myself um, just by seeing you, uh, not by anything that you said. That makes sense. That's awesome. And thank you yeah. for that compliment. It's something that I've been working really, really hard on. And uh, it has changed my life in so many ways just to kind of feel like I'm surfing through different emotions and yes, not letting yes. them overtake me. Yeah. And I don't want to get off track, but I remember um, um, one of the things that, that you often say that helps me a lot. And it's like, is it going to matter, you know, three years from now, five years from now? Like what you're experiencing now, will that actually matter? Um, and for me, that's actually you being mindful. That's you coming back to the present and not allowing, you know, thoughts and drift uh, to, to to suck you under. Of the future and the past. And, and this actually applies to coaching in terms of strategy, right? If our minds are too stuck in the future or the past, we're not going to be able to realize the resources that we have in the present. So being mindful and really guarding that presence and that space of non-judgment for yourself and your clients allows both of you to harness all of the resources that are in front of you at any given time. 
So let's talk about actual tools for when you're in session and you're starting to experience these emotions and kind of things are are flying at your head and what do you do? So what advice can you give our listeners? What would you do? So what works for me is um, kind of really simple um, steps that that um, I could just kind of uh, hold on to keep in my back pocket that that aren't you know uh, long winded and complicated. Um, and if you know me, that's just how my brain works. That's how I write. Everything is very kind of um, to the to the you know the basics. And so for me, it would be pulling from curiosity. You know, um, I don't think you could be curious and judgmental at the same time. And if I go into a session. Uh, with the intention and in and, and in the forefront of my mind to be curious, then um, I'm a lot less judgmental. There's a lot less ego, and I'm discovering and I'm using the session to kind of explore and expand instead of um, push my thoughts or control. You know, uh, the session. That's really beautiful, and I'm I'm gonna follow up right on um, your thread of curiosity and say that the actual behavioral marker here is asking more questions. Get mm-hmm. curious and ask more questions. If you start to notice your own lens, your own assumptions, jealousy, interruptions coming into the play, stop, drop, and get curious about your client. And yeah. This is a twofold process. Number one, it'll get you out of your own head. If you really work to seriously understand your client's world, their underlying beliefs, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're saying, what they're doing, your client becomes a puzzle Mm -hmm. and your client will experience a deepening sense of intimacy. Because when someone sits and asks you a bunch of questions about your life, you feel wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to remind people um, when it comes to curiosity, also put that on yourself. You know, uh, what can be damaging is after a session, if you start judging yourself because uh, you might have uh, uh, unintentionally been irresponsible or made it about you or whatever, uh, then you don't want to compound that by judging yourself as a coach. You want to be curious on where that comes from. And that's what's going to get you to improve and, 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 you know, uh, be better in the next session instead of becoming afraid. Oh yeah. And being transparent about the fact that you're human is always okay. It's always okay. So if you find yourself stuck in session, it's okay to say to your client, Hey client, I'm really sorry. I was just accessing my own memory. I was having Mm -hmm. a memory of something that happened to me and that wasn't fair. That wasn't about you. So let's regroup and take a look at your life and tell me what you're experiencing. Yeah, I love that. I think when you, um, when you're not transparent, when you do try to hide things or sweep things under the rug, and you think the client's not going to notice, they do, and it kind of breaks the trust. Yes, very much so. I actually had a client ask me in session if I was judging her, and mm-hmm. to be honest, I was. I was. I was, <laughs> right. I, I was accessing my own memory and I was thinking about something that had happened in my own life. And I felt fear that she was going to go down a road and do the same thing that had caused damage to me. And she caught that right away. And I was honest in the moment. And I said, yes, I am accessing my own memory. And I was having that feeling and you're right. And I'm sorry. And give me a second and let's keep going. And I love it, that. it was a long-term client of mine and it's real. And we worked through it and we had a great conclusion. 
Yeah, I just I love that. I mean, I mean, if 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 your coach is that honest and says yes, I am judging you, and then also takes ownership and responsibility for that, how can how can that not just feel like a warm hug? You know, how can that not build trust? So I think that's that's great. It takes yeah. courage to be that honest. It, it does take courage to be that honest, but I also really want to, you know, pull the wool back around what judgment is. You know, all we have to go on is our past experiences. And so if we're experiencing assumption or judgments in session with a client, it's because we're, we're accessing our own memory. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important to understand is that our memory doesn't give us any clues or any new ideas to how to move forward. It only lets us replay the past. That's why coaching right. works because it's a co-creative process. You can't know your client's past and they can't know yours. And so yeah. when you come together to strategize, that's when you move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I want to pull back and say also um, – this isn't just about coaching. What we're talking about is a human thing. And if you're not a coach, uh, but you're listening because you're curious about coaching, you have interest in coaching, you you could start applying this to yourself and your life today, whether you're a coach or not. And we do have students in the Journey Coaching Intensive who come through the program just to gain these life skills to apply as managers, as parents, as partners, right. and the skills C- of CEOs of startups, <laughs> CEOs uh, of startups, and you know these are human skills across the board. You're you're, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I love it. Thank you so much for the dialogue this morning. Absolutely, and uh, be well. I'll talk to you next time. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noelle's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community, strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.